Here we are again. I had a week back at work where things were kind of normal, but here we are again. And at this workplace, we're down to our skeleton crew again. It starts over, doesn't it? Hey, let's just start with some good news first, though. Now, for all that griping about MIQ that has occurred for the last two years, I think at the moment we owe the system a debt of gratitude. Without MIQ in place, there would have been no summer. And many people are saying this summer has been one of the best. The weather's been awesome. It seemed normal. Without MIQ, we would have rolled straight from a Delta surge of COVID into an Omicron tsunami. So MIQ, over the summer, bought us a bit more time to get vaccinated and to prepare. It's what it's always designed to do. MIQ has never been created to keep COVID out forever. It has an end to it. It's just the timing and figuring out that timing that will be the trick. I mean, if there was no end, then we really would be a hermit kingdom. So in my eyes, I've always thought MIQ has been about suppressing and mitigating the outbreaks so they fit within our meagre capacities, and I think that's what happened. While our community went down to uh, just a dozen cases in the community a day, near enough eliminated, better than any other country has done, in MIQ, Omicron surged to over 500 cases. If they'd been in the community, God knows what would have happened. Well, I'll tell you what would have happened. No summer. But the border held firm until now. And frankly, that's a good thing. MIQ gets a lot of bad press. So I am glad that the people who were totally obsessed with opening up the border at the end of last year when they saw that MIQ cases were actually greater than community cases, I'm glad that they were not listened to. We need also to hand it to summer. The good weather and the virtual absence of COVID meant money in the bank for struggling businesses. Not much money, not enough money, but still some money. The Mercury Bay Informer newspaper, published out of Fitianga uh, last week, reported that the Coromandel had the busiest December that they've had in the last three years. And I spent three weeks on the peninsula, and I can tell you it was going off. It was hard to book a restaurant. Everyone was busy. There were no vacancy signs anywhere. The place was full. Now contrast this with New South Wales who last week reported some of their worst economic data of the outbreak, and they're not in lockdown. Omicron's efficiency of making people too sick to work cleared out Sydney. Those who were still healthy kept away for fear of getting sick. It was. Did you see the coverage on Friday? Deserted streets, and yet there was no edict saying we're in a lockdown. It was a voluntary lockdown. And that is a new part of the phenomenon of this pandemic. When the Prime Minister said yesterday we're taking precautions to protect the vulnerable. I thought, she's got that wrong. She's not as good at the PR as anyone thinks she is. Omicron is not so much about saving lives now that we have the vaccine. It's about saving jobs and economies. We must expect workforce shortages across the economy as everyone gets sick, especially in frontline roles that can't be done from home. Healthcare workers, supermarket workers, truck drivers, other parts of the supply chain, they'll all be affected. Businesses are going to have to figure out how to cope with the extreme levels of sick leave. The isolation rules could see workers off work for 24 days. Meanwhile, our health system is still woefully exposed after decades of underinvestment. On Thursday, 68.3% of ICU beds were occupied and 84.7% of general ward or hospital beds were full. That was in summer and that was with almost no COVID-19. 
None of this can be solved with money. None of this can be solved overnight. At the moment, faced with Omicron, there's only two things we can deploy, the vaccine and everybody's personal responsibility combined with their common sense.